Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I have the honor today to interview Dr. Stephanie Young Moss. She calls herself Pharmacist of Moms. She received her Doctor of Pharmacy degree from Xavier University of Louisiana College of Pharmacy and a Master's of Health Services Administration with a concentration in health economics from the University of Wyoming. She has worked in a variety of areas in pharmacy, including community, regulatory, compliance, managed care, health economics, and outcome research. Over the past 20 years, Dr. Moss has advocated for decreasing disparities in healthcare through her volunteer work and has used her platform to educate families across the U.S. on ways to decrease and eliminate health disparities by incorporating simple wellness and mental health techniques. Dr. Moss has shared her views on international and national podcasts, and I'm really excited to have her join me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So as you know, as a pediatrician, I've worked with pharmacies and pharmacists since the beginning of my career. And I was reviewing everything that that you've done and are doing, and one of the questions I want to ask first and foremost is what do you feel people, women, families, kids, everyone of all ages should know about like what every pharmacist wants us to know, I guess is the way I should put it. Well, I think the most important thing is that the pharmacist is a, an essential part of your healthcare team. So I think so many times, you know, people dismiss pharmacists and oftentimes they don't get the respect that they deserve, really, because they really have play a very important role. I mean, you get your prescription for whoever you get it from, whether it's your doctor, your nurse or your PA or whoever. But your pharmacist is the one that's able to see if there's any interaction, see what you've taken, see, and give you the directions on taking them. So a lot of times pharmacists are working in the background, calling your doctor or calling the person who wrote the prescription to verify certain things to make sure everything is correct. So I think they really need to realize that a pharmacist is an essential part of that healthcare team as well. Whether they know the person or whether they've ever seen them or not, whether they're in the hospital or whether they're in retail or wherever, they're a very important part of that team as well. And I think that's something, too, that even the healthcare team, I know that I try to teach residents and medical students as they're coming up and I get an opportunity to work with them, that pharmacists are an essential part. And a lot of times, I know in my practice, but I'm I'm also been around the block for a long time. So <laughs> I, I know very often I will say, don't be afraid to ask the pharmacist these questions or exactly. checking in. And it's kind of the same in healthcare with with us where, yeah, there was a time where, you know, 
I saw babies from when they were born until they graduated high school or college. And I can remember looking back as a child, knowing our pharmacist. Mm -hmm. And that's, in many cases, not as practical today, which is okay. We're we're changing with the times. But it doesn't (laughs) mean that you can't get to know your pharmacist and even talk to a new one as you're going along your journey in your healthcare. Right. I totally agree. So it is important to get, you know, know your pharmacist. And typically, if you're picking up a new prescription, you know, by law, they have to ask you if you have any questions. You know, a lot of people say no. But if you do have a question or if one comes up, you know, don't hesitate to call them. And they and they are very, very busy. Of course, you know, you mm-hmm. especially, you know, post um Everything. They've been very busy here recently. <laughs> They've been very busy here. So, um, but they will take the time to, you know, try it and answer your questions or get back to you or whatever it is. So don't be afraid to start that conversation and talk to them and ask questions, whether it's then or, or later. And I do know that the pharmacists and pharmacies became an integral part of now vaccinations and even mm-hmm. yep. and even you know they've got the little cl- the clinics and it within the pharmacy and etc but i mm-hmm. think i know that you know, i work in a pediatric office but a lot of the prescription a lot of the vaccines that i get for my own personal health is in my pharmacy so that yep, yep, that's something yep. so pharmacists can yeah and that's <laughs> something that i think pharmacists have always been able to do but yet mm-hmm. now there's more awareness, I, I believe. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, um, since so many more vaccines were given out, you know, during the time when we when there was COVID and everything, that you saw a lot more being done in the pharmacy as well. And that was really to be able to take some of the stress off of the healthcare system, you know, in general. So we've always been able to do it as long as you get a certain, you know, certification and most of most pharmacists have it. But um, after uh, after COVID, there were more and more people who needed to come into the pharmacy to be able to get it because they were so busy in a lot of different places. So I think that pharmacists are very essential when it comes to, you know, if you're getting your vaccines and making sure you're up to date and communicating with your healthcare professionals. So I would tell people don't hesitate if they, you know, feel as though they need to go to the pharmacy to get vaccine, um, that that's a good place to, to start there as well. And you and I had an opportunity to chat a little before we started, and I found it so enlightening that you mentioned something about, you know, giving children vaccinations are a big part of of my world and and my Mm -hmm. practice, Mm -hmm. and but yet... I don't always ask the parents if they're up to date. That's exactly. not something that I technically do. And But you're exactly. right. It's like we have to take care of the caregiver, which is exactly why I even have this podcast is because mm-hmm. I want to really empower those that care for kids. Yeah. And it's so important because, as you know, as parents, we know our kids vaccination dates, when they're up next, when they're due, what great, you know, what year they have to get them. But a lot of times we don't know our own schedule. And I'm going to be honest my records, I was born in, in, you know, in the South and I live in the Midwest now. I have no idea what my childhood shot records are, but you know, you don't, you forget about that. There could be certain shots that the CDC may, you know, may say that, Hey, it may be time for you to get that again. Or you need to have you gotten this particular vaccine? Like for instance, with um, the hepatitis B vaccine um, in before in 1991, if you were born 1991 or afterwards, like most of our kids or grandkids, then they would have the hepatitis B shot. However, people born prior to that, you were not required at birth to get that shot. So the CDC is recommending that anyone between the ages of 19 and 59 that they actually receive that hepatitis B vaccine. 
And it's important because people will wonder, why should I get it? But hepatitis B is, um, it is 2.5, um, uh, 2.5 million Americans actually have hepatitis B and it, it attacks your liver, which I'm, I'm sure you know this as a healthcare professional yeah. and there's no cure for it. There's only prevention. So by getting this vaccine, it's really, will be really helpful to protect you from, um, having, um, uh, from contracting hepatitis B. And the thing is, it really attacks your liver as far as the virus, which can cause you to have to have uh, either liver failure, liver damage, a possible liver transplant. So it's really important to be able to protect yourself from that. And the vaccine, um, as far as uh, is Heplisaf B, is two doses. And that's that's one of the ones that's approved. And it's you, it's on a schedule. So it's only two doses. You would go, you know, take your um your, get your vaccine one a month, then come back and get your on your schedule and get your next one. So as far as people saying, you know, I don't have the time to check my <laughs> vaccines. I'm not sure if I really ha- if I'm up to date. So you can always, um, you know, check and see as far as taking that hepatitis B vaccine because it's important um, to make sure you're protecting yourself because it's actually 100 times more infectious than HIV, which a lot of people don't realize. So, um, and as far as side effects, you know, some people may ask, well, what about side effects with vaccine? It's just like pretty much with uh, some of the traditional vaccines that you see. It could be uh, injection site irritation, fatigue, and sometimes headaches. So it's just really important to make sure that you're keeping up with your own health. We know everyone else's schedule. We know everyone what, as far as what they're doing in our family, but as far as our own schedule, we we have to keep up with our own physicals and annuals and vaccines. So it's important to make sure that you're up to date on that. So if people want to hear more about it, they can go to hepbcatchup.com to find out more information about HepaSAPB as well. And you know what I want to mention too, when you talked about side effects, I mean, we, in in the pediatric recommendations, the first vaccine is given after a baby's only one to two days old. And exactly. so I'm here to tell you that... It is definitely, usually they don't even know, or and I don't want to say no, of course the babies know, the right, parents right, know, right, right, right. but it's like it's like they never had a vaccine. Compared to the others, it definitely has such a low side effect profile. Obviously, you know, at the injection site um, is always a possibility, but it's been my experience. Now, the two-shot series, at what age can you start that? Because I know in our pediatric population, it's a three-shot series. Right. So for this one particular, it's for ages uh, starting at age 19. So that's it's approved for adults. So that's what that's for. Hepatitis B is for. And I think there are, uh, to be honest, I think there are other shots that may have more doses. But for this one, it is actually just a two dose shot. So that's really good for busy adults who are on the go and are worried about getting in and getting their next dose is just a two dose shot. So it's proof for adults. And that's amazing. And I like that, too, because I do see a lot of college students, for example, if they're going into mm-hmm. healthcare and... Um, even some of them, if they can't find their records, if we do hepatitis B titers just mm-hmm. to see if they're immune, even if yep. you've had it as a baby, mm-hmm. it, I mean, for the most part, it's, you know, it the, the immunity doesn't wax or wane, but there are some that definitely do. In, in that case, they would just take the two doses and then they would be set. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And it's like I said. It's of course it's a schedule. It's over one month period of time um, that they take this, of course. But yeah. So if they if they have had their tithers, and I think that's what one of my physicians told me because I wasn't exactly sure if I've had my hepatitis B shot. So the thing is, if you if you've had it nine times out of ten, you would know it because you may have had to had it for a particular 
season if you know if you're in my age range but you can get those titers like you said if you needed to see if you if you have it if you're immune to it or if you've had if you don't need to have it rather and what I love too is that it's only a month in between because mm-hmm. I don't know about mm-hmm. you if I had to remind myself six months from now or something exactly. like that to come back and get the second one I probably would forget. Yeah, so I think it makes it very easy and simple for people, like I said, especially with busy lives or not, that it's easy for you just to say, "Hey, I got to go," you know, two doses over a one month period of time, and I'm done and I'm protected. So I think it's a really good a way for you to be able to get that and take care of your health and make sure that you're up to date and catch up with your kids because they're already ahead of us and they already, they're already protected. We're the ones that's not as as Mm -hmm. protected. And I so appreciate, I was thinking in my mind, when did we start doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. as a recommended vaccine? It is, it is recommended and required in Ohio. I know every state is a little bit different and, Mm -hmm. and I'm here in Ohio, but I so appreciate the fact that you brought up 1991, because I'm like, when did we, because I actually started practicing in 1996. Okay. And as long as I can remember, you know, we've been given it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So 1991, that's when it became the standard of care for infants to be vaccinated against hepatitis B. So you were born before that, you may not have it. So it's best for you to go and check and ask your doctor about hepatitis B. Yeah. What else do you feel that people, that pharmacists feel that people should know? Um, I think that um, that it's important to take your medications Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's important to make sure that you're up to date on everything. So whether it's taking your medications on time, getting your vaccines on time, getting your annuals on time, like all of that is so important. I think even as a pharmacist, as a pharmacist, like I struggle sometimes to, to be honest, to stay compliant with the medications that I'm on. I had to buy a little pill box myself, even Mm -hmm. if it's just for vitamins or supplements or whatever I'm on. I have to have that because, it, you know, we get so busy that we are like, I forgot to take my medication. Oh, I didn't take my med- Did I take it today? I think that's the biggest <laughs> thing. I say, Did I take it? I can't remember if I took it today. So it's important to make sure that you are, you know, compliant with your medications. Are you taking them? Because they have to, you know, work. Are you finishing whatever dose of antibiotics if your doctor puts you on one? Yeah. So I think that all of that plays into a major role, not just to fill it, but just to make to make sure that you're also taking it as well mm-hmm. as directed by your healthcare professional. That's important. Very too. important. I know so. I I not only have the pill boxes, and of course I had to go get one that was like fancy in a little case because for some reason <laughs> I just felt like I I wasn't I wasn't old enough yet to get the big ones, but I think I I need to. But anyway, I also have a reminder on my phone. You know, it reminds me to take my medicines at a certain time in the morning and then at night Mm -hmm. because we do get busy or we fall asleep or Mm -hmm. and so many, you know, medications or supplements. If you're taking, you know, some vitamins, Mm -hmm. it's only going to work if you actually take it. Right. Yes. exactly. And I'm I'm very I'm I'm probably I think pharmacists may be really bad at taking medications. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be honest until I got that pill box. It was bad because (laughs) I really am just like, oh, my God, should I take my medication? So that's why I couldn't get the fancy one, because I have to have the days on there. Like, you know how they have some where it's just like compartments. No, I need to see Monday is empty. So that means I took it today. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Agreed. So yeah, I'm really bad at I'm I may not be I may be the most uncom- non-compliant pharmacist, but I I'm, I'm, I've gotten a lot better. You know, so I've gotten a lot better because I realized if I didn't take my vitamin today or whatever it is, I I don't feel like I, you know, 
I'm not optimized as I should be. So, and I can tell like I may be sluggish or I may, you know, may not be thinking my brain fog may be messing with me, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So just being able to make sure that I'm taking it on a daily basis, I think that people will, can tell that you really see a difference in your health overall if you're actually complying and taking medications. So I think reminders are great. Pill boxes are great. All of those things are great because like that's part of your overall health as well is making sure that you're compliant with that as well. And I would say too, I mean, I would agree. I think most would say when it comes to making sure that your kids are getting your medicines um, and what they need. And then if you happen to have other family members or parents mm-hmm. that you're helping with, you're usually yep. really good at being an advocate for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe yep. not so much an advocate for, for ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, that's so true. And and I think that's even you know with life in general. It's we're always quick to take care of other people. We're always quick to give other people great advice, right? Yeah. But, but when it comes to ourselves, a lot of times we're not practicing what we preach. I guess you know is the better way to say it. Are we? Are you taking medications? Are you going to have you is your next annual scheduled, you know, or is it time for you to go to the doctor? Because I think the thing is, like we have our annuals. I typically schedule mine as soon as I'm checking out for the next one for the next year or else I forget. And then it's like, well, she's booked up for the next three months, you know, four or five months or whatever. So I try and keep it, you know, just the mammogram and just do everything at the same time. Um, So. Yeah, it's just important for us to we advocate so much for everyone else, our kids, our parents and, you know, everyone else's kid. But we don't check on the advocate for ourselves. So that's really, really important for us to do as well. Yes. And I would love to know what you in addition to all those things you already said, what are some other ideas on just helping women prioritize their health, especially like if if they're a mom or, and Maybe they're in that what we call sandwich generation or or not, mm-hmm. but even yep. even moms that just have a baby. I actually attended a lecture just yesterday, as a matter of fact, about maternal health. Mm-hmm. And it was really eye-opening to know that many don't even go get the six-week checkup after the baby's born. Oh, and my. <laughs> more often than not, they're not oh, even... Wow getting, you know, seeing another, seeing a doctor until potentially 18 months or more when they could be expecting again. And this oh. is probably one of the areas I see the biggest, and granted, I'm in pediatrics, and mm-hmm. um, that one of the biggest healthcare disparities that I tend to find is that postpartum period. But I would, I would go as far as just across the board that mm-hmm. many do not prioritize. And and that can that's not just in postpartum, but also I would imagine in beyond that too. Yeah, I, and that's kind of um frightening may not be the best word to use. No, it but is, yeah. Almost sad because I know you get so busy, you know, taking care of especially if it's a, your first or your brand new baby, you get so busy that you forget to, you know, check in yourself. And it's really important because you could be dealing with postpartum. You know, it could be anything, but you know, what's going on. So I think that um, it's important for those six weeks. I, even if you got to pack up your baby, which nine times out of ten, that's typically what you do. I was excited to go because my I was letting my doctor see the baby. Yes, right? yes, <laughs> I did too. I, that is true. If if that's what gets you there, I think that's right. that's a good motivation, right? <laughs> so yeah, but that is that's, that's really is sad because a lot of people may have post they may be experiencing postpartum depression or they may have to 
and maybe, you know, the doctor may be able to give them tips on that. I think they'll be surprised at what their, you know, the object can actually help them do during that time at that six-week period. So that's very important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself even during that, you know, after that period as well. And also, I think I find a lot, you know, they're really, if they're breastfeeding, et cetera, they're so afraid to take certain medications. But mm-hmm. that's, again, where I would say, don't be afraid to call your doctor, call a pediatrician, talk to the pharmacist. Pharmacist, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure, because they can help you, especially not only with prescription medications, which I highly recommend talking to your pharmacist about, but also over-the-counter medications. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of parents who they don't take care of themselves because they don't, they, you know, they're worried. Of course, they don't want to do any harm, but that's right. where don't be afraid to ask because yeah. you really, you want to maintain and really prioritize your own health because mm-hmm. otherwise you're not going to be good for everybody else. Exactly. And to me, I think it's important. A lot of times people use Google, which is fine. You know, I've been Google docked and a doc myself sometimes while I'm self-diagnosing. But what about <laughs> your, it's also important to, your own personal medical history is not in there, you know, right. when you're Googling. So it's important to ask your doctor too, because I know so many, you know, moms are Google moms. And I will be honest when my kids are sick, I'll, I'll look up something or I'll just know, you know, to be honest from pharmacy school, but I still need to go get my reinsurance and of say, course. okay, I'm go ahead and take you to the doctor anyway. And then when the, when the pediatrician says, tells her to do exactly what I told her to do, <laughs> I kind of pat myself on the back, but it's still better safe than sorry. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I do that a lot. I, I get that look from the, the parent and I say, I, I usually tell the child if they're old enough, I'll be like, and your mom and I did not talk before this. Like I, this is, I just said this. So, you know, cause she'll say, you know, he or she'll say, that's what my mom said. And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> And I'll be like, and we I just promise- need their reassurance from yeah. you because we don't, you know, you don't want anything to it to be something worse or something that you didn't think about. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I said, even being a healthcare professional, even with medications, I'm like, I know that I know what you're supposed to get. I know the dose and everything, but I still want to verify just, when it's your own if it's different. You oh know, it yeah, it just feels like you just want to have that second opinion of your own. <laughs> Absolutely, I I remember my mother when my kids were little. I remember one time she, and I, I don't know, you know, I was, I, I was very, you know, I was young. I was very leery about giving them anything and mm-hmm. so on. And, and I remember my mom looking at me one time and she goes, you know, I know a good doctor. <laughs> and she was like, why aren't you doing, basically she was like, are you going to do something about this, this kid That's or so what? <laughs> but I, I will tell you with all honesty, I, I, I was not my kid's doctor. You know, I would always take them in. And I think I think that's that makes you that gives you a sense, even though you are a great doctor and you can help everyone else's kids, just still gives you that, you know, reassurance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to tell parents that, too, like no matter what your profession is, your knowledge, you know, this is it's okay to lean on others when you mm-hmm. have questions and use resources that are available to you. And yes, I mean, it's, it's a great thing. I always, I always say, instead of Google, I'm always like, I'm going to research it. You know, that's always my, that's how I say <laughs> that's it. That's I mean, the right word. Yeah. Maybe Which I'm justifying. I'm going to go ask a AI. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so it's interesting because I'll say, you know, I'm going to research it and I still do. And um, what is most 
most important, and I think you can agree too, even when they're looking at pharmaceuticals or looking up a diagnosis and how to treat, et cetera, is just make sure you're using a reputable site. You know, a lot of times what comes up first is not necessarily the most, you know, um, not knowledgeable. I don't know. It could be a sponsored site, for yeah, example. True. And so true. you, you mm-hmm. want to make sure that, you know, when you're looking it up, you you know where your resource is coming from. And exactly. if you have a question, exactly. you ask a healthcare provider, which includes your doctor and your pharmacist. Exactly. So typically when I, if I go on there, I'm looking at research studies because I'm a researcher. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm looking at Yeah. when I look up stuff. So, you know, but yeah, looking at a reputable site is very important and then make sure that it's not, you're not clicking that first one. Typically, if it says, you know, it, it just depends. But yeah, those are great tips as well. Now, I, I was looking through and I know you have, as you mentioned, research and you mm-hmm. have done a lot of research um, and I, I truly appreciate it. And I would I'm impressed, too, by all of the work that you've done and and the various boards that you've served on and volunteer organizations with, you know, a focus um, on one thing is social determinants of health. I'd be very interested to see, you know, what were some of the results highlighted in some of the work that you did to really advocate, advocate for these communities? Well, I think the biggest thing as far as, you know, social determinants of health is pretty much where people live, work play, go to school, all those types of things that kind of affect your health and and those uh, um, and pretty much affects your health. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things, one of the, the one of the social determinants of health that if you change this, it really impacts it can impact the person's health the most is actually their education. And I don't think that people really realize that that's the thing. Like people say, mate, well, is it your income? Is it your house? Is, is that your education? Because your education can be tied to you getting a great job that has great benefits. Your education can be, and then you can go to the doctor and, and do preventative things, right? And you can actually afford that. Or it can get you into a better neighborhood that has playgrounds and sidewalks because some people, you know, we take that for granted, but some people don't have those things. So Mm. we're telling our patients or whoever to go and get more exercise. Well, some of them can't afford a gym membership. Some of them don't have sidewalks or are their neighborhoods safe enough for them to even be able to play in. So education is really tied to, it's the biggest, it's the factor. If you change that, that really would change the outcome of a person's health is that education piece is really important. So I think that's the biggest thing is just making sure that I'm educating people because if they're changing their education or they're really focusing on their education and being able to, that can put them in a better workforce, put them in a better neighborhood that actually has great grocery stores. We take that for granted as well because the food insecurities and those types of things. Um, People may have to go to a corner grocery store and all they have are processed foods, right? Or they have produce that's super duper high or not very fresh or those types of things. So we just have to be mindful of that, especially as healthcare professionals, that when we're talking to um, patients, are we considering some of those factors that may be affecting them? And do we have the resources or when I say resources, not necessarily money, but do we have a place to send them to be able to take care of those things? So that's one of the boards that I'm on. It's actually a fairly qualified health center. And we are able to put people in touch with those types of resources, whereas whether it's either helping them to be able to pay their, you know, their bill, their doctor bill that they may have, 
showing them where the food pantries are, uh, making sure they have an interpreter there when they come, if there's someone that doesn't speak their language. Um, so all those types of things, this Federal Qualified Health Center helps with, and it really looks at the entire person and helps them. It advocates for those who may not necessarily have their own voice and helps them have the, have their voice as well. Wow, that's that's wonderful. And I noticed too, even just childcare is can mm-hmm. be a, a social determinative health that can be a barrier. And mm-hmm. I am learning that more and I and one of the things that I do, one of the other hats that I wear is is teaching other healthcare providers no matter, you know, what field of medicine that you're in about really identifying patient perspectives and their barriers because mm-hmm. yes like like you said, we could tell them, hey, you need to exercise or be active 60 minutes a day. But mm-hmm. if they, you know, don't have the ability to do that, whether it's their neighborhood or even, you know, their time. I mean, just there's yeah. so many factors. And so I love that your organization is is involved in that and, and has some something. And I want to encourage everybody that that's where, again, don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to reach out to um, a healthcare provider because there are there are opportunities out there. I learned mm-hmm. so much about them, but then it's really connecting people with those opportunities that exactly. Are to be and the I challenge. think it's important for healthcare professionals to have those resources, even if they don't have them. You know, right there in their office, is there a place that they know they can call and send them to say, hey, I have someone that need helps find finding. You know, they don't have any food in the home. I'm telling them to eat healthy foods, but they don't have. You know, this food is there a food pantry that's nearby or something like that. So I think it's important for us to be aware and not just in our own world because we can go to the grocery store. One place I lived, I had like four grocery stores literally like on each corner. Mm-hmm. It was like a like a Whole Food Target and a Kroger in another like they were all right there on the corner at Aldi. So everyone doesn't have that, right? No. They may just be going to a a corner gas station. And that's all that they can get to. So they may, we just have to be mindful. Are we sending them to either giving them resources to be able to find healthy foods or giving them alternatives where they can? And there's a lot of great organizations out there that can help actually help people like that as well. That's really great. That's really great. Well, I have really enjoyed talking to you. I, I want to give you an opportunity to, if there's anything else that you feel people need to know one last or couple last things before we say goodbye. And I, I hope you come back someday yeah. and, and talk. Yeah, I know you do a lot of work um, with perimenopause. So I think uh-huh. that, I think we could do a whole podcast on that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I just think it's important for um, uh, for us to make sure that we are also prioritizing, prioritizing our own health as well. We're so busy taking care of everyone else that we need to make sure that we are taking care of our mind, body, and our spirit, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, your overall health. Are you are your are your appointments scheduled? Are you up to date on your vaccines? Have you taken time to breathe today <laughs> and just take care of yourself? And just like you have everything else written in your schedule, do you have time for yourself and your own health and wellness written in your schedule as well? I think it's important because you can't take care of everyone else if you if your health isn't a priority as well. And that is so true. And I I know for personally, I struggle with that. And, you know, my why is always to be there for others. And but mm-hmm. if we don't take care of ourselves, then we're we're not 
we're not going to be there. And we, and that's, that's what you have to do. And don't be afraid to mm-hmm. prioritize yourself. It's important. And it, it, it's role modeling too, for your yeah. children that they know that, you know, there, sometimes you have to say boundaries. Sometimes you have to say no and, and not please everyone, but yes, you know, it's hard. It's uncomfortable sometimes, but, mm-hmm. um, I always say, choose your heart, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's sometimes, it's hard to prioritize, but it's also really hard as a mom to be ill and know how is the family going to be taken care of. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You're such a light in this world and thank I appreciate you. all the work that you're doing. And thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me and I will definitely come back one day. Excellent, thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up with Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com slash contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.